everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. I'm so excited today. We have another one of our Hallmark authors. We're talking not just screenwriters, we're talking the Hallmark publishing books. We're talking to Cassidy Carter today and I'm Rachel and I'm here and uh, Lisa is also here today. Hi guys. Yes, thanks so much. And Cassidy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love listening to you guys. It's so much fun. My day gets so busy and sometimes just catching up with your podcast is how I actually stay abreast of all the Hallmark stuff. So thank you. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so exciting. Thank you. And so what we like to do in our interviews is to ask our guests to introduce yourself and tell us what inspired you to become a writer. Um, So I'm Cassie Carter. I am the author of the novelization of The Perfect Catch for Hallmark. And my next book coming up is Love on Location. Uh, It's a Hallmark original and it is coming out this month. Um, As far as writing goes, gosh, I've written as long as I can remember. Um, In the tiny little town I grew up in, um, there was a used bookstore and I was able to spend my allowance money on books, which is what I always wanted to spend it on anyway. And there was always a bin of romance in this used bookstore and they were a quarter a piece. And so my money would really, really stretch. And I was such a, just a rabid reader when I was young that um, it just kind of made sense to me to buy myself stacks and stacks of romance. Because, you know, when you're a kid, like you, and you're going through books left and right, you know, you want to read a lot. And there's so many genres, there were so many uh, authors that I got to read, you know, and so it just kind of sparked a love of romance really early. You know, I was probably 13 and um, I would just devour them. And so I, I always loved to write. I would carry notebooks around and write stories in them when I was young. And as I got older, you know, loving reading and loving writing just kind of turned into, well, hey, you know, I'm going to try this romance thing. And uh, I guess here I am. Not a kid anymore, but I, <laughs> I love to read them still and uh, I love to write them. Mm-hmm. Did you that get you into trouble sometimes as a kid? Or you know, it's, it, <laughs> you know, I think my parents probably should have paid better attention to me, but they didn't like pay attention to what I was reading. But for the most part, it was I kept it pretty tame. You know, uh, the categories and uh, believe it, a lot of Grace Livingston Hill. Um, which I really loved when I was young, but um, I know I'm sure a, a few that I shouldn't have read slipped in there, but um, you know, I think category romance especially is such a good, you know, primer just on character and, and writing in general that uh, I don't know, I got an early education in romance and it, it's, it was never a bad thing when your kids are reading. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the way I, I go with my own kids. I'm like, whatever you want to read. I mean, read. Just, yeah. I, yeah. There's really no limits. I mean, unless something's hardcore violent or something, I'm just right. like, I want you to, cause I don't ever want it to feel like a chore or something's wrong, you know? Right. I'm like, we all snuck in there and Oh yeah. Book, so. Oh yeah. I got the, I had the Fabio pirate book guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know what is the categories What's that. So category romance, you remember the Harlequin red bands, um, uh-huh. you know, uh, the Sheik's accidental bride and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. the, cow- <laughs> the cowboy secret baby. And they're all a little, you know, you sit down, you can read them in a couple of hours. And uh, that was just my love back in the day. Yeah. 
I do love to go into my Audible account and read the summaries on some of these erotica books. They are hilarious. I, I, I they just crack me up. I, I, so many of them, it's so funny to me because so many of them are about people that are like forced either to forced to marry depending on the time period the thing's set in and then like they end up falling in love it was some kind of forced arranged kind of thing it's like <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> that is really funny well i i was reading in your interview with ruth hill that you said that you have a kind of a spicy pseudonym i do right under i do so i don't i don't currently write under that pen name i mean okay it might kind of come back. I started with Karina Press back in 2009 when, um, actually when they first launched and under the pen name Jenny Glass. And I had eight titles with them, two series. Um, wow. And yeah, it was a really, really fun. And I do love writing, you know, uh, different heat levels of romance. You know, I, I kind of love both sides for different reasons. Um, and just kind of came back to writing after a break when I uh, when I had my children and just sweet romance kind of fits for me right now. So, but Ginny Glass pen name, you know, it could definitely come back in the future um, because, like I said, I kind of I love both sides for different reasons. Mm -hmm. yeah. How did you decide on that that uh, pen name, Ginny Glass? Uh, Ginny Glass. Oh, so I'm a big J.D. Salinger fan, and the Glass family is actually his uh, family, and um, so I wanted something uh, with a little alliteration in it there, Ginny Glass, and which kind of uh, bounced me into Cassidy Carter, and Carter's for uh, Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, that's amazing, and I love that. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know just a little oh, trivia oh so you're gonna make up all kinds of names that all kinds so i have the whole alphabet girls who knows how many <laughs> knows how many names i got going out there yeah sometimes i try and think um, if i ever i mean not that i will because i'm not a writer but i think what would be my pen and i just come up with random ones i'm just like this would work this well would there work. you go there you go. Not for any reason, just because I'm obsessed with the whole pseudonym, like, idea. I just, yeah. Maybe you need a podcast name. Like, you oh, come right. on in, like, a blonde wig, and you're just yes, like. Yes, that's yeah. a good idea, and I can dig out all my pseudonyms and be one that's of those. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a, different, um, a different interviewer every week. Yes. It's so funny. Awesome. My sister's a published author, does picture books right now. Mm. And, but growing up, for some bizarre reason, she always wanted to be called Gretel. <laughs> and I was just that you should make that your <laughs> but your last name has to start with G now because all the cool kids are doing it yes oh Gretel. yeah yes yeah I don't know what that yeah, would be good Gretel Garbo Gretel <gasps> <gasps> yes oh that's amazing <laughs> you can have that one. you can have that one. <laughs> very cool so how many total books have you written um so I guess I have eight titles and um, the, the second series with Karina is an anthology. I guess if we count titles, Love on Location is my 10th. Amazing. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's very impressive. Uh, so do you have like a process that you do as far as coming up with characters and story and all of that uh, kind of you know what you do to kind of get your ideas for stories 
Oh God, I, they come from all over there. I have an idea folder and I'm sure most writers have this. I have an idea folder on my computer and so much stuff is in there that like sometimes I'll just go in there and look and be like, you know, what did I think of six months ago or a year ago? If I'm somewhere, you know, in a, a setting, you know, it's really something good to, I'd be like, oh, this would be an awesome place to set a book. You know, I'll write myself a note and, and there'll be a file there for, you know, an idea to do with a certain location, or if I'm watching a movie, or if I hear something that sounds like a really good title, um, it, it can really come from anywhere. So um, process-wise, it can start from a million different places. And then, uh, of course, like most writers, you know, I'll probably uh, go to Google and, and research a certain place, you know, like just got, I just uh, tweeted a really cool castle in uh, Portugal. And I was like, wouldn't that be a cool place to set a book? And so then I go research it. And I don't know, maybe there's a legend that there used, you know, some old queen disappeared in there. And that would be something cool to add in. So it kind of just grows from there. It always starts with like a little germ of an idea. You know, I love old movies. Um, it can come just really from anywhere at all. Like, do you, um, like in terms of like, are you a, an outline person or do you just kind of like gather ideas and kind of, like, so when you're writing, if, if you're writing a scene and you're like, oh, this is great, but then it ends up not working. Do you store it away for later and maybe put it in another book or another? Sometimes um, I'm a little more likely to just like kill my darlings if something doesn't work like I will just cut it unless there's a particular line that I really love and I'm like oh yeah. I love that he said that to her I'll save the line maybe oh, but uh, yeah if something's not working like I have no problem whatsoever like axing like words yeah. like this doesn't work let's just get rid of it yeah. um but, you know because like like again, my idea folder would be full of stuff that I've cut from thing because <laughs> I, as you guys probably know from having talked to lots of authors, um, it's a process and a lot of times stuff gets left on the editing room floor and you yeah. have to rework stuff and, um, but it's good, you know, it is a process and it ends up, it ends up uh, working in the end, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's what I'm always excited. I'm always like, I wonder if there was, cause you know, sometimes when you're reading and you know that something happens and you know that there was a scene that isn't in the book that had to have happened to lead to this moment. Right. I'm always, I'm always like, I wonder if they actually wrote that and it's somewhere in a folder somewhere and it's because it helped them get to this point just in their minds. And I wish oh. I could, it's almost like cut, like, you know, like um, extended scenes or like deleted oh, scenes. Oh, right. Like I'm deleted scenes like, from a thing. I wish I could read that conversation that probably had to happen to make this moment happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't write those out. No, that's a good question. I don't write those out. I, um, uh, especially for like love on location, you know, I had an outline and I actually had an outline that was very close to, uh, the, the way scenes break down in a Hallmark movie. And oh so I, I tried to keep writing Love on Location like very tight and I tried not to, I don't necessarily need to know, you know, I don't need to have written out, uh, you know, stuff that, that, that happens like in between those scenes. Right. Um, but that's really cool. Maybe I should write that for my next book and it should be like, like something special that I just released on like Twitter. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, cause as I, I I'm glad you said that because as I was reading Love on Location, I mean, it's, I watch a lot of Hallmark, obviously. Um, but in, in coming as a Hallmark book, I kind of went into it in that frame of mind as a Hallmark movie. And it actually did have a lot of the pacing of the movie. And I kept like drawing characters 
from mm-hmm. different Hallmark movies and be like, maybe this, I could totally see this and I could see it playing out. And I was just like, okay, this would be a really fun Hallmark movie. Yes. Yeah, say that louder. I know. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> trust me, I'm going to be on Twitter. I'm be like, listen, Bill Habit. Let's talk, Bill. <laughs> Call yeah. me, Bill. And Michelle, the, I'll be like, listen. Yeah. They're still planning summer nights. This totally. That's right. They got time. Yes. Yeah. In fact, they could fit it like anywhere. They could do it at anywhere. Fall Harvest. It's totally. so it's so easy. I already planned it out like it was a movie. Yeah, it was really good. Well, so speaking of that, so you did the novelization for The Perfect Catch. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Was that challenging to uh, to write a book based on an, you know, a movie like that? It is a little challenging. And it's not the writing itself, because you get like a ton of really good material to work from. You get the script, you get the movie. Um, you know, and you can go back through it over and over and over again, make sure that you catch like everything. Um, I think the challenge with novelizations is that you really want to kind of expand it. You know, you get a lot more leeway, a lot more room in a novel for the detail, for the backstory. You know, nobody knows looking at a screen, you know, what's inside a character's head. You get that opportunity in the novelization, but you don't want to go so far afield that you're, you know, not being, uh, you're respectful that you're not honoring the original material. You know, yeah. you don't want to change it into something that it w- was completely different from what all those, you know, people intended in the first place. And, you know, that's one of my favorites, perfect catch. It's just so good. It's so sweet. It just like gets you in the heart. And, yeah. um, but I just think it's, it's nice for people who have seen the movie to get that little extra, you know, you get to know why characters did a certain thing, you know, why they reacted the way they did. And it just gets a little more, a little deeper than yeah. you necessarily know, have time for, you know, during the you movie. Get, yeah, you get to get in their brain because mm-hmm. in the movie, all you see is someone watch somebody say something and hear half of it and turn around and walk away. And you're just like, why did you walk away? You stay. And then in the yeah. book, you hear them go through the entire thing in their head mm-hmm. of why they're walking away and why they're upset and, and oh, I know. So I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. on board with the novelizations. We have a whole so wall fun. of them. Yes. Oh, oh they're so fun. <laughs> well, and it must've been fun to have like, have Andrew Walker in your head for however long it took you to I mean, there are worse people, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, was Hallmark very particular though? I mean, about, you know, they're over there and i know they're so uh, careful about their uh their product they produce mm-hmm. here you know adapting one of their films where they you know where they were pretty careful about what you could include what you could what you could add to what you couldn't add to that kind of a thing well they give me uh i mean there's a draft there's a, there's a process there's an editorial process so you're never mm-hmm. just turning something in and then of course you just get sh- you know they make sure that you're you're punctuations in the right place and send it off you know there's people that it goes through and they're making sure that you're on brand and and uh, but just being a fan of Hallmark and and having read you know a good deal of sweet romance I was kind of familiar with kind of where to go and where not to and you're again you're kind of in the boundaries of the movie you know you're not all of a sudden gonna have you know the, the sun in the perfect catch, you know, run away from home and join a circus or, you know, a rock band or, yeah. you know, all of a sudden he's a troubled youth, you know, who's piercing his nose and stuff like that. So again, you do have like a really good framework. It's just, uh, I tried to really focus in perfect catch on, on 
more of the love story and the emotion and the relationships and stuff like that because the story itself as far as the hallmark elements and and everything like that it was perfect and it just needed it didn't need a little more but you know readers like that little bit more and yeah I I like that phrase, sweet romance. I I that that really just captured it it well. I my favorite part of the 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 perfect catch is him making his his checklist his list Uh, of uh, his pros and cons list. I know that was so romantic. I know, I love that. (laughs) I know, so good. Oh, I know. Uh, Because I'm a list maker, so. I, I I think that's the biggest difference between uh, Amber and I because she's more of a she's more spontaneous than mm-hmm. I am, and uh, whereas you know like I have my will, I'll have my like list of notes and my okay got time about this this and then she's like just let it flow it'll be good. <laughs> but, <laughs> I have to make lists to get things done. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like a split. I'm like a little split. I have to make sure that I write lists so that I, you know, checklists for, for stuff to get finished and accomplished. But um, personality wise, like I'll be a little more spontaneous. So, you know, yeah. take off and go somewhere like that. I don't need to plan necessarily everything, but I need to remind myself of stuff a lot. That's what my lists are for. <laughs> well, Rachel, I'm like you. I need it all written down. I need to know what's yeah. happening. Otherwise, yeah. I'm like, yeah, chaos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so, so you wrote the novelization for the perfect catch, mm-hmm. but would you ever think about writing a screenplay? I would, I would love to write a screenplay. I, you know, I don't know what the process is, you know, jumping from the book side of things to the screenplay side of things. But uh, like I said, I'm such a big Hallmark movie fan and, and just, uh, you know, who knows, who knows what's in the future, but I think. I mean, you could fun. write the screenplay from your own book, but. You I know. could. I could write the screenplay. You need to be making this list. Are you, I mean, are you putting this down in your list? Yes, I am like in my idea, my Hallmark ideas. Where yes. Did you, just, you said you have a direct line to the top I'm of that. Try. Right. I'm Middle. Start, I'm Number one, make Love on Location into a movie. Number two, yes. let Cassie write the screenplay. Write the screenplay. Check. I really appreciate your help. This is good. Yeah, we'll be all over it. It'll be yeah. great. I'll start a hashtag campaign. I mean, I'll just get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have this love on location, this new, your first for Hallmark original mm-hmm. uh, story. And uh, so congratulations. That's so exciting. It's going to be coming out tomorrow when this, this airs the t- March 12th. Mm-hmm. Correct. And yes. uh, it'll be available uh, on audiobook, which I'm so excited about I'm because so that excited. helps me yeah. so much. Uh, I'm a big audiobook person. Audiobook. Yes. <laughs> and so, how did you get the idea for this this uh, novel? So, my husband and I are huge fans of reality not not general reality tv but the business makeover shows you guys ever watch like the prophet and gordon ramsay and they come in and they make over the failing business and and then um you know we go up to northern arizona a lot you know flagstaff and and Williams, Arizona. It's just really kind of different than, than uh, down here in the desert. Lots of trees, lots of pines. It's, I mean, I was just saying we got some weather through and, and down here, 
you know, we didn't get anything but a cold snap, but up in Flagstaff, there was 38 inches of snow. So it's like a whole nother world up there, you know, um, you know, it's just very rural and very rustic. It's just very picturesque. And so setting wise, like I said, a lot of times stories will come to me based on the place that I would like to set them. And so this is just really inspiring. Uh, We go camping up there a lot. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to set something in a campground? And it kind of just merged with, well, what if that, you know, it's a hallmark trope and it's one of my favorite ones. The, you know, what if the campground wasn't doing so well and who does that put stress on? Well, obviously it would put stress on who owned it. Now who's going to own it? Is it going to be our hero? Is it going to be our heroine? Well, that's our hero in love on location, but our heroine is his best friend that has been helping him uh, run the place. And they've known each other since childhood. And there's a whole zany family of secondary characters that help them run the cabins in the pines. Uh, there's a diner on site called the bean pot run by a sassy waitress there. And just, there's a whole little world there. And it just started from, being up in that beautiful place with all the trees surrounded by nothing but nature and thinking like, this is a great place, you know, to kind of get away and, and it would be a fantastic place for a love story. Yeah. That's really good. Well, we've had the chance to read it and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought you did a good job sort of building that tension between the two of them because uh, this is you know, obviously a type of romance that we've seen a lot before the, the BFF that's, uh, that is obviously in love with the heroine and she just can't see it for some reason until finally she does. <laughs> uh, and I appreciated the fact that there was no wrong, real wrong guy in this, that it, you know, that, cause that can just be kind of like, kind of, it can work sometimes, but sometimes it can be a little annoying. Mm. It was just, she just needed to get to that spot where she realized that uh, that he he was the best, and he you know her her love, and so I really enjoyed it. And I don't know, Lisa, what did you think about the? What were some of your favorite parts of the book? Okay, I'm with you. That yes, there was no you know love triangle thing that you had to like worry about. Um, and I also um, like that despite all of the predicaments and problems and even when it came to um the relationship between um Wyatt and Delaney um Delaney still wasn't like a fold in on herself I can't work I can't do anything because I don't know what this means with Wyatt and I don't know she was just like a go-getter and I just like that she just kept going and kept being like okay no matter what, we got to make this work and I'm here for a reason and we're going to make it work and I loved that and I also loved that even though I was like, I was like, I'm sure this is going to end out like with a happy ending. Right. I was still guessing all, I was like, how is this going to be resolved? And I had an, I had an actual like, okay, it has to be this. And when it wasn't that, I was really pleasantly surprised. And I just, okay. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I didn't want yeah. anybody to guess the end. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. No, I but- no, no, no spoilers. But um, that was actually one of the challenges was when I got to the end, I was like, oh, like, I don't ever, I didn't want to leave the book, uh, you know, despite, like you said, the challenges and, you know, I'm going to let everybody discover it when they read. But despite kind of the way that it appears to be going as they're going through the book and and who is going to turn out to, you know, come out on top and and who is going to be kind of like, like disappointed in the end, um, I didn't want to leave it so that 
there was any like negative feelings at the end, you know, because we all know there's going to be a happily ever after because it's, it's Hallmark. And of course it's a romance and there has to be a happily ever after. But, um, you know, I didn't want it to be uh, at the expense of, of anything else, you know? Yeah. Well, what I think was really smart is because the save the farm plotline is my least favorite plotline. I, I just, most of the time it's just so unbelievable. It's so, there's just no stakes. And so it's really boring. Usually it's like, I know that the, that the bookstore or the barn or the, uh, the, whatever it is that's trying to be saved, you know, it's going to be saved. Right. And, and so there's just no tension. And, but what I think that made this interesting is because you kind of had this layer of the reality TV. It was, we weren't asking is the, is the, uh, the camp going to be saved you're asking how is it going to be saved by this show how's it right. all going to work out it kind of added another element in there right. which was in, which made it more interesting right and so, one of the things yeah. one of the things with you know the tv show coming in is what you know as you see you probably you know if anybody does watch the the change the business shows you know say the business shows you wonder like is it going to change into something completely different by the end? And, you know, what of the original yeah. thing, which Cabins in the Pines is something that's been in the Heroes family for generations, you know, is, is the thing that's going to change the most important thing? You know, is, it, is the essence of the place going to be what they give up? you know, physical buildings aside or renovations aside or whatever the show comes in to do for this place, you know, is what they're going to be asked to do for success going to change, you know, what's important about the place. And, you know, some of that is the legacy that comes from the hero's family. And some of that is the people that are involved in running the place. You know, are we going to have to change something to do with them significantly? And, and, you know, in essence, is that going to break up this little family that they've all created and struggle together and, and um, kind of try to save this thing themselves before they invite the, the show in. Mm-hmm. Well, so I also yeah. like that Alexandra, the, um, the actual, what, the main person of the reality the show? Mm-hmm. Yes, the host. That's the word I was looking for. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she was slightly villainous. Which she I was. Enjoy she a was a little. Mm-hmm. Like, she was a little, like, you know, because sometimes in these stories, um, you have the quote-unquote bad character that, you know, the antagonist is supposed to be in there throwing you all kinds of stuff. Mm. But, and, and some of it's fun. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want them to be a little more, um, a little more lifetime-y and not so much. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, nobody and, got, nobody gets you know, stabbed in this, just no, so you this guys know. Yeah, like no. Chris, Camp Crystal Lake where people are, you know. Um, right. But I was just, she was slightly villainous. Like, she was the mouse, way. right. She was yeah. slightly villainous, but she was like reasonable. Like yeah. all of her actions for somebody that's running this kind of show felt reasonable to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that for the most part, no, you disagree? No, I liked it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for, I, I can picture that the somebody kind of running that kind of show would would be motivated to make the decisions she makes. Like it, it didn't feel too, too out there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I liked her and she kind of uh, gets worn down by the charm of this, <laughs> of this cabin in the pines. <laughs> so yeah. by the end, yeah. So that's fun. That was a fun arc, I think to see. Uh, but the most villainous part about her is, is like, is she interested in, uh, oh, yes. Wyatt, like mm-hmm. that's the whole part that's the most kind of the rest of the stuff it's like oh right. she's just she's just a hollywood person right uh, but uh 
but you're like, oh no, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. That's good. We're going to keep like guessing. That's another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, do, so do, do you go to a, a camp like Cabin in the Pines or was it just sort of the overall idea of the outdoors? No, there's camp. There's all kinds of campgrounds up in Northern Arizona. I mean, uh, there's KOAs, there's, um, like Bureau of Land Management land, there's private campgrounds kind of all over the place. And so um, actually when I was planning out the pines, I took a couple maps of campgrounds that we've been to and said, okay, well, you know, it'd be really nice if we had this little piece of it. It'd be really nice if, uh, you know, maybe we had um, the RV plug-ups over here and oh, these are tent spaces over here. And, you know, um, we have a couple of yurts over here and just all the little rustic things that we've seen in our camping travels that kind of mesh together. And it's like a, a little mishmash of all the places we've been. Well, it sounded amazing. And every time, and you know, in the descriptions that came up of the actual campground, I mean, I've been camping, I mean, I'm from Texas. And so we would go camping all the time and um, it merely made me want to be there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just be here and I, every time it was like they were sitting out somewhere and the like breeze or they'd hear mm-hmm. like here by the like, I was like oh this reminds me so much of summer just oh, I know. Yeah. yeah it was gorgeous and everybody's yeah. coming out of winter and you know just they need like that breeze and the bees yeah. buzzing around and and you know the fireflies coming up when it's twilight like I know Oh, what are we like, doing on this podcast? Let's go to the lake. <laughs> I know, because I mean, like right now, all I see out my window is snow. So I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so to read that was a little touch of summer in my in my living room. Oh god, we'll have to invite you, Cassie, to our our fantasy writers retreat thing that we talked about with <laughs> Julie Sherman Wolf and Nina Weinman. <laughs> oh, we're like we're gonna make all these. Just like, what's an excuse for us? To- <laughs> Tracy and Green, it's gonna be. Is there a potluck? I will come. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. So. So yeah. So you, because the whole time I was, I was watching it. I was thinking more of HGTV shows for some reason. I don't know why, but you're oh, right. Yeah. It is more like the I was thinking kitchen nightmares. Like right. I was thinking kitchen yeah. nightmares with like, um, like the you prophet, said earlier, Gordon Ramsay. Hotel yeah. hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you watch a lot of that stuff to kind of get an idea of or research into those shows? I did. You know, there's like the dramatic cutaways and there's always like, oh, they find something wrong with the place, like the little mouse scene. That's not Uh that uh, you kind of wonder, like, was that there before they showed up or um, and, uh, you know, you wonder how all the TV, how much of the TV magic is real. And uh, how much of it was there when they showed up. And of course, you know, it's a TV show. It's got to be dramatic. And, and I didn't want to put anything in the book that was like too, like awful, you know. Right. We're not going to, yeah. you know, have them drop a tree on anybody or, you know, dun, 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 <laughs> cut to commercial. But um, there, there's a the little, you're right about Alexandra and her vil- villainous. Yeah, nature. I did like that. Little, yeah. couple little things that she does that, that aren't necessary that weren't necessarily there when she got there yeah yeah it could be like a trading spaces thing where like you end up with straw on your wall or something like that all your furniture is made out of cardboard right yeah. <laughs> i used to love that show <laughs> i did it with this they got like a they got like a 500 hundred dollar budget wasn't it and then they had to switch houses yeah 
Yeah. It, it was it was really cheap. It was like a thousand dollars, I think, or something. And then I don't sometimes know. it would turn out really good. And sometimes you're right. You would end up with like bubble wrap curtains and you know, they would be like like what? And I would just love it because I would think when those people leave and now they have to still be neighbors thinking you did this to my house. Mm-hmm. Like, how yeah. does that feel like? Yeah. You are hiring the rescue crew that's going to come and that's get rid right. of all this. Get out of here and take <laughs> this lime green paint off my walls. <laughs> it was particularly Hildy that was just a nightmare. She's putting like, yeah, she did the straw on the, on the yeah. walls and the, uh, there was furniture on the ceiling at one point. It oh my was, gosh, I miss those. She is insane. I remember the straw one. I do remember the straw yeah. one. I thought you were wall. joking. No, no. She's over there stapling straw to the wall. I mean, it was, it was, it was intense. She um, turned uh, one room into like a circus tent. It, it's, it's madness. She's insane. I'm gonna and, look it up. Uh, which makes for good TV. But I would be so nervous. Like the ones that that were good, that you'd be like, oh, right. <laughs> like Vern you knew that oh this is gonna be okay everything's but I have to say they so they rebooted the show and I watched it and I was just kind of like mm, I, I moved on yeah. <laughs> the show like it was kind of boring for me it, it when because I just think when it first came out there were so a uh, few shows like that and so it had a certain spark and there was something about it with the reboot for me at least that felt a little played out out yeah. but okay. but anyway yeah she was she is definitely the one that was insane yeah. crazy <laughs> but uh but anyway so yeah i it's it's interesting how uh the whole the, how you it's interesting how you captured the whole thing of like the sort of how they set up the reveal and they they you know they actually showed it to them and and then they did it again and they had to recreate all of their sort of responses oh, and right. their actions and that was interesting. And so there were a lot of fun little sort of reality. I could tell that you had done your research because there were a lot of fun little sort of reality TV kind of moments in there. Yeah, it was yeah. fun to pull back the veil and see uh-huh. yeah. what goes on there. But in terms of like the main two, mm-hmm. like Delaney and Wyatt, like are they people that you know in real life? They are not people that I know in real life. Sorry. <laughs> that's always my favorite. I'm like, Sorry. who is it in your real life? Okay. So Sorry. Delaney from scratch. No, yeah. that's okay. Just- people in my head so yeah yeah so what were you trying to kind of go after with both Delaney and Wyatt in in sort of their characters if you didn't have a person that you were kind of thinking of or what was your goal with the characters well just you know they they're both uh kind of at a point in their lives where you know Wyatt's been running his parents business and and uh you know time has passed they they had a bypass that that got built uh that doesn't let people off directly to cabins in the pines like it used to when his parents ran it and uh he's kind of at you know a little bit of a crossroads his parents have passed away unfortunately in a car accident and he's shouldered with this responsibility of running a place that used to be you know, just an escape for him, you know, he would come as a child, he would come as a teenager, you know, even as as a young adult, he's off, you know, doing his thing. And and this is kind of an escape for him. And then as an adult, it becomes his responsibility. And, you know, it's a lot of responsibility, not just because of the running of the day-to-day business, but because, you know, that's the legacy of two people that he loved very much that he lost. And, um, 
and Delaney being his best friend since childhood. Uh, she has a child and has gone off again and had her own life in the past, gotten married, had a child, you know, had a whole life outside of, you know, their idyllic childhood together and has come back. And Wyatt's parents actually gave her a place to kind of a soft place to land when she uh, got her divorce and her daughter, Rachel, and she kind of got absorbed into the Pines family and, um, again, a lot of responsibility and, and Delaney feels very responsible, not just for the Pines, but for all her day-to-day -day stuff involving the uh, staff at the Pines, because again, they're like a family. And then she has her daughter and she has all the responsibilities of being a single mother. And so with Wyatt and Delaney, I just saw two people who have a lot of life going on, you know, and they have this relationship together where they've been friends since they were children. And of course, people change as they grow up. And a lot of stuff has changed with them personally, with their lives but they're kind of always there for each other. Yeah. And there's that element with them where just like the pines, if they take that leap and if they make it something different, is it going to change the essence of what they have? And is that soft place to land going to go away, you know, if they right. take the risk. So, and again, so many other balls in the air and so much other stuff to consider, you know, is, will their relationship affect the business? You know, is the reality TV show going to affect the business to the point where they're not, uh, you know, able to work together every day? And if they don't see each other every day, like, what does that mean? And how does that feel? And it's just, uh, it's a very complicated mix. And I just saw them as kind of very real people trying to wade through a whole lot of pressure and a whole lot of stress and kind of keep a family together and, and figure out somewhere, you know, in there if, you know, it's really love and if they can really make it work. And in the end, if they're really willing to just even take the chance. Yeah. Well, I, I love these two. And I will say that as a whole, the entire, you know, um, uh, Pines, um, Cabins and the Pines family, I just, I absolutely love them. I was like, I want to be there with them. Like the way they all interacted with each other. Um, just, they were just so lovely. They were just so caring. And even when they were just kind of like, you could tell that there were times that they would probably get irritated with each other. They were all very, very loyal and they all played a part. And I just loved it. And especially I loved the daughter because she's the same age as my two daughters. And oh. so it was nice to see. I was just like, yeah, this is basically right where I'm heading in terms of you know, how she is phone. Oh computer, gosh. Yeah. But we're trying to struggle to let her have that independence phone and computer, like have my daughters, but at the same time, let's get out, let's do stuff. So it was, I, I really loved Rachel. I really loved the relationship between Rachel and Delaney. Um, I also loved, I will tell you this, the um, fake reality show within the reality show. Um, Jack High. <laughs> Did you love that? I, I love mean, Jack High. I need to know more about Scott, the poetry writing jock that has. A <laughs> I know, but he's just pining. Okay. <laughs> Scott has feelings. <laughs> yeah, I just, he I has a lot of deep feelings. I was like, I need to know more out. about Scott. <laughs> yeah, he can't. It's, he has to maintain his, you know, popular kid status and he just can't, he can't let it out, but he's got feelings. Okay. I mean, he does. And I was like, I would sit there and watch Love Struck High with my daughters and be like, yes, well, let's right. do it. Right. exactly yeah. oh my gosh that was so much fun and then like I kept finding places to put it in and I was cracking myself up <laughs> like, awesome. I'd be patting my husband and be like no no look I put it in there again 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I did, I enjoyed after, all of those. Yeah, after Rachel is sick and then she's at uh, Delaney, and Ra Delaney, they're at Delaney's house and she's sitting on the couch kind of recuperating from getting sick. And they're just, she's sitting there with Ursula and they're just crying over the poetry <laughs> on the fake reality show within yes. the reality show. And, and even Ursula gets into it. She's like, wait, he doesn't know? She doesn't know that he loves her? And she I'm doesn't like, know that he loves her? Right. Yes, it was, I loved every single part of that. That was oh awesome. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would crack my up just finding places to keep mentioning that fake reality show I loved aside it. from the fake reality show that's already in the book I'm, that was right. yeah 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 that's so funny I feel like it literally could be a I think both of these shows could be like successful yeah I, I really do <laughs> that is really yeah. uh, so uh, did you have an idea of like who out of the hallmark uh pantheon of actors would play delaney and wyatt i absolutely do so this is so oh. hilarious we're bringing this full circle guys okay i'm so excited ready? about this yeah. hold on just hold on hold on to your thing so okay. wyatt is going to be you're not gonna my wife is andrew walker guys i'm not even kidding and i just answered interview questions on this like this week and uh i would love it if sarah lancaster was delaney <gasps> that is the same person that I was going to no say. Stop. Yeah. Shut the front door. So good. Oh, I love that you say that because I say that too. <gasps> Those are good. Those but are my but my dude that I, I would definitely pick is uh Wes Brown. I think oh, he's great. Oh Wyatt. Yeah. That's mine would no, I I just I don't know. He's got a little bit more of a cowboy, I think, persona than Andrew Walker does. Andrew Walker's the best, so he'd be he, great. I just need him to, like, quit shaving for just a couple days and then <laughs> show up and be Wyatt. Okay. But beards are villains in Hallmark. No, no, no. But, I'm saying like I'm a full you. beard. Like a five o'clock shadow. Okay. <laughs> a little, like a little up between. Need, like yeah. a two-day. Yeah. yeah. I need more. Yeah. Hallmark needs to get on board with just a little bit more. Yeah. But <laughs> I actually. With the plaid. You know, you just need like a plaid or like a, like an old khaki camp shirt, just a couple days of yeah. growth, a little bit of it. And it's perfect. It's and I feel like Wes and Sarah would have this good a lot. chemistry. Like, I feel like Wes and Sarah would have good chemistry between the two of them. And I think she'd have, she's so good with kids and Oh, she's yeah. I think she's one of the best actresses I think in the whole family yes uh but uh but yeah I think that would I think it would be it would be we're gonna have to put this up you know we're gonna have to like social media yes can I say mine yes, yes please oh no, we're waiting okay I'm like can I say mine okay so <laughs> for Wyatt I don't know why because sometimes it just pops in your head and then you just can't get rid of it um do you remember the um summer one love on safari mm-hmm uh -huh. That lead guy, John Core, he just kept oh. popping in my head. And I think it was just his hair because it yeah. was like, it was sun-kissed. And then for the woman, I just kept, for some reason, I kept going to Lisa Drup. 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 Oh, that's a oh. good one. That's a good one. I just picture her blonde, though. Oh, she can go blonde. She did blonde in... um. No, 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 because Delaney's not blonde. I just picture her blonde. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, because she's got dark hair. And I was just like, she could do, I guess, like, I could dye her. That would be fun to up, to bump her up to leading lady status. See, that's what I was trying to think fun. of yeah. secondary characters that, like, typical secondary characters that could, for John Cord. He's already been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, that can work. I mean, that's very creative. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. I even, even thought of Megan Ori as Alex there. I said it. Oh. Oh, she can pull off that sharp businesswoman. Like, also, 
Jessica Laundas would be amazing. Mm. She's so great at those kind of characters. Mm. Yeah, she is. Okay. <laughs> Put that note down for Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got an already cast for you, Bill. We're good. <laughs> We're working so hard over here. Yes. You could have, uh, maybe she's a little too young. I was going to say you could have Ava Grace Cooper play Rachel, but it would have to be a little bit younger. Oh, uh, yeah. But she's so cute. Yeah, she is cute. We're yeah. definitely, that's something that I'll, we'll definitely do on Twitter. I'm definitely going to, like, once it comes out, like, going to open it up and who would you guys cast? Like, I guess. Yes. yes. So if you're out there and you've read Love on Location, pay attention to Twitter because we want to know who you would cast. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I'll be super yeah. excited for that. Yeah. Let us know on the, in the, on Twitter, oh, who would be your cast when you read it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really also really enjoyed the whole sort of scene by the lake where they're getting so close like to finally say it but it's like not quite there but it's building that that whole scene worked really well oh mm -hmm. yeah that's the best oh the almost kiss is like the best in andy like you're like oh they give it and then something oh like i don't know somebody slams the door and you're like just ignore the door and kiss yeah, yeah. It was a true Hallmark almost kiss. And I legit was like, oh, no, she didn't. She did. She took it away. But it was a good scene. It was really romantic. It was yeah. really good. Also, it's really difficult to talk about a book and not spoil it, guys. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's really hard. Well, uh, so, yeah, the, I mean, it's not really spoiling because there's an almost kiss in every single thing for Hallmark. Oh, I know. But I'm saying um, I want to say so much more right now. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, sometimes it can be frustrating because it's just illogical. And I do like it when they give us an actual kiss because it's just like so exciting. But, uh, but, but yeah, when it's done well, it can be really fun. And I think it was here. So, uh, so do, you, do you think that uh, Delaney and Wyatt will, uh, will make a great couple? Do you see them you know, lasting until the, uh, you know, they're old together? I do. I do. Yeah. You know, that's a, it's like a forever kind of love, you know, they've been through, I mean, they knew each other as kids. They've been through, you know, going off and finding themselves and even in other relationships that didn't work out. And, and, you know, Wyatt in, in the book hasn't ever married at all. And so um, I think maybe inside a little, he was just waiting for Delaney to come back and he was waiting for the universe to bring her back. And um, I do. I see them as little old, you know, a little old couple on the front porch at the office and the cabins in the pines just rocking. But um, I don't know. I have, uh, I have, I have sequel ideas for books. So maybe we'll see them again. Um, featured, not, not necessarily featuring them, but they, they might make an appearance. I have sequel yeah. ideas for some of the secondaries, mm. but uh, definitely since it's a family there, you're always going to have your family. Back oh, so. Well, see, that's the nice thing about this. You could have a whole cabin in the pine series where each book is kind of about another couple to meet at the campground. That's right. Oh, my, the next one. I'm not, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> okay. Just stay tuned. Stay Very tuned. good. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, you are amazing. We're so excited. We really enjoyed the book. And so, but before we go, we want to give you what we call the team B questions. Ooh. So these are these questions that Amber found in an old issue of team B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I only accept questions from Bob. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> 
All right. So you ready? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. So first question, what's the best flavor of ice cream? Oh gosh, guys, why do you do that to me? Um, so I'm not a big sweets person, actually. Not that I don't like ice cream, but um, I, I would rather have like fries. But okay, let's think. Mm, <laughs> you could best. dip your fries in. I always love to go at Wendy's to get a frosty. Oh, get a frosty and dip your fries in. Let's say though, it's the middle of summer. I'm going to say butter pecan. Oh, yum. That is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite color? Green. Very, very on brand. For no, like mint green. Like, you know, oh, that green. soft kind of retro oh. mint green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. What music are you into right now? Oh, gosh. I listen to everything. Um, there's a band called Mariana's Trench, and they just put an album out yesterday, and I'm completely obsessed with it. Hmm. A Canadian rock band. Okay. Cool. I'll have to write that down. Make a note later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your go-to date night food? Um. You know what? I really like a good steak. Yeah. And if I'm going out, like, I probably want like steak and seafood. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I want somebody else to cook so that I don't have to do the dishes. Well, so then you know your date is like legit. He's yeah. really invested. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> steak and steak and lobster you know, that's right it doesn't have to be lobster it can be shrimp you know <laughs> very good yeah that's my favorite as well oh, uh so to good. to get steak because it's just yummy and it's very neat and you're not gonna spill so yeah. which i spill all the time you can tell what so. i had for lunch just look at my shirt <laughs> yeah so what is your go-to day night activity when you're out doing when stuff I'm when I'm out doing stuff, I guess, you know, I have two kids. We're in, I, whatever. Yeah, my husband and I have, like, stay-in dates a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We watch a lot of movies. We watch a lot of old movies. Um, I don't know. A lot of our stay-in yeah. dates are just, like, the kids are asleep. Let's, like, sit on the couch and talk. Because <laughs> yeah. if you've mm. ever tried to get a word in edgewise around a three-year-old and a five-year-old, it's just, it doesn't happen. No. <laughs> It's adult conversation doesn't occur until everybody else is asleep. Yeah. I remember I, my aunt, one day we were uh, visiting her, she, her kids were still young and my mom made uh, this, some herbal tea and my aunt sits down and she's like, oh, finally something that's not, not bright green. <laughs> <laughs> something that has herbs. I don't know. It's so that's funny. true. Oh my gosh. That's very yeah. true. <laughs> uh all right very good so dogs or cats oh i don't want to make anybody mad here but but dogs yeah yeah all right good uh beaches or mountains oh can can i have a mountain with a lake <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i gotta have some kind of swimming for me something it makes the, I don't know if anybody listened to our Sarah Plain and Tall episode, but I went, I went to this, uh, we talked, we, we kind of had a fight about it because, uh, there's this, uh, down in Southern Utah, there's this dude ranch thing. And I hate, I was miserable, but Amber like loved it, but it would have been, I would have been fine if there'd been a place to swim, but they had no place to swim. And so oh. it was just so boring. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. I need the water. I need the yes. water. 
just yeah. lake and a tire swing and, th and then mountains. So I'm going to pick mountains right. for that one. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right. Uh, would you rather be in a fancy dress going out or uh, at home in your sweats? At home in my sweats. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is it's your favorite? It's nice home? to get fancy. It's nice, but yeah, a lot of effort. All right. What is your favorite holiday? Mm, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. I guess. I mean, like, who doesn't love Christmas? Yeah. It's tough to be. It's just really it's tough, tough to be, to be Christmas. Christmas. I'm thinking like Valentine's Day. No, you really only get one day. Um, <laughs> Christmas is like a whole season. Christmas is like a whole feeling and like, yeah, yeah I'm going to pick Christmas. Let's go. It's Christmas. like three months in the world. I know. So. Although, I mean, I do get a little like calm down when it's like October 1st and I'm trying to go to Costco and there's Christmas trees there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to, but then I just was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't fight that fight anymore. <laughs> Not with Hallmark. I'm being no, a Hallmark podcaster. I just had to let that go. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it is. It's good. I'm going to yeah. pick Christmas because you get a lot more of it. Very cool. All right. Last question. And this is very difficult, but what is your favorite Hallmark movie? Mm, that is a really hard one. I'm going to go with recent favorite because I have so many favorites in the old ones. Um, I really liked Love, Romance, and Chocolate. Oh, very recent. It was so cute. Just like the setting and like, I don't know, the cast was perfect. And um, I'll put some of my favorite, my older, my older Hallmark favorites up on Twitter. So in case there's some that maybe you guys haven't, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but in case your listeners haven't uh, seen some of the older ones that are like my picks, um, they can kind of see if they can go yeah. find them on DVD. But no, of the recent ones, I really, really liked that one. Yeah, yes. that one was really good. I really liked the love triangle. Because I just thought both of the guys were very dreamy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that cast was great. And then I was like, when she went into the kind of competing chocolate shop and she was sampling all the unusual chocolates and she ate one and she was like, what is that? He goes, sweet potato. I was like, you know what? That's a chocolate I could get behind. I would eat a sweet potato <laughs> chocolate. Yeah. yeah oh. Some of the flavor comment, particularly the lavender, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I just think of like, I just. I picture like bubble bath, like in yeah, chocolate. That wasn't. It's, yeah, that really <laughs> it's like soap. I don't want yeah. that on my chocolate. Get rid yeah. of it. <laughs> but I could go. I could go with the sweet potato. I would try that. Yeah. yeah. That's respectable uh, flavor combinations. Sometimes they get, a, they get a little creative here at Hallmark uh, with their flavors. But very cool. That's a great answer. So you did it. You passed the test, the TV Yay. test. So. You can keep writing on Mark books. <laughs> Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I thought it was going to be a little more uh, traumatic, but it was oh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> That's always well, I was so here. nervous. You guys are so awesome and everybody has so much fun on here. And um, I just uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on and I'm super stoked to have hung out with you and I will come back anytime. All right. We'll, we'll definitely have you on again. So how can people reach you as far as social media and all that fun stuff? 
Uh, so I'm just getting started up on Facebook. Um, I'm a little behind on that. Uh, I do have a Facebook profile and I'll post my social media links on Twitter, which is where I am most active right now. Uh, website is CassieCarter.com. Uh, it's undergoing a little bit of an overhaul in this week, you know, pre-release. And uh, the easiest way to get me is on Twitter. Uh, I'll have all my social media links up on my website and operational here again in the next couple of days. Stuff kind of might be off and on, but uh, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, and I really love to talk to readers, um, any of the Hallmarkies fans. I religiously follow all the hashtags, and so you'll see me constantly on there liking like everything. <laughs> Do you have any events coming up for your, like live events coming up for your book? I do. Uh, this month, March the 24th, I will be at the Barnes and Noble in Phoenix, Arizona, the Desert Ridge location. Uh, I'm going to be doing a writing workshop with Stacey Donovan, the director of Hallmark Publishing. Uh, we're going to be doing a free writing workshop there and then a signing of Love on Location. So um, nice. see, now you guys are going to make me make a list. So I'm going <laughs> to post that up on my Twitter. So if anybody's looking for the, uh, the link to that, I'll put the link directly to the Barnes and Noble event page for that cool. and uh, yeah so if anybody's in the uh, Phoenix area it's gonna be really fun I'm excited it's a big uh, big store uh, I went down last week and checked out the signing um, spot and it's really beautiful it's in this big rotunda um, of course surrounded by bookshelves and uh, it looks it's really pretty so and where's that at it's going to be at the Barnes and Noble here in Phoenix, Arizona at okay. the Desert Ridge location. Yeah. I'm going to put up the actual listing from Barnes and Noble on Twitter as soon as we're finished. Cool. And, and we'll put, try to put that in the description section uh, as well. If people are interested in that. And uh, so Lisa, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at girl gone Hallmark. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews on iTunes and YouTube and all over social media. Please check that out and make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod uh, and uh, all over social media. And on if you're listening on iTunes, and then please give us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you're listening or watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and a subscription. We really appreciate that. So thanks so much, Cassidy. This was really fun. It was just such a, a treat to read your book. And uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having on, me on. And um, now we all have to get to work be on uh, the movie campaign, right? Yes. yes. And so, yeah. with our pre-casting. Yes. And uh, so we'll, we'll all take this outside of the podcast for our okay. plans, right? Yeah. We got to let Sarah Lancaster know. Somebody just call them. Just let them know okay. yeah. right now. They need to clear their schedules. <laughs> Well, thanks again, and we will talk again soon. Okay, bye. bye. bye.